track again, y'all. Welcome into a new edition of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. The Nuggets are coming off a 107 to 102 loss to the Philadelphia 76ers to finish out the calendar year. So to talk about all things from this game, I turn to Denver Stiffs' own Ryan Blackburn. TJ, how's it going? I'm alive, man. I'm a little sleepy. I'm a little coffee deprived, but I am alive. It's all good, man. I so are the Nuggets, apparently. Yeah, that was one of the most confusing games I think I've watched. I would absolutely agree with that. It's it's really weird when you when you go into this game, you understand, hey, this is the last game of 2017. Nuggets had a couple of off days. They have a couple of off days after this. And I, to me, it just seems like they laid an egg. Joel Embiid was out. Like it's This is stuff that you just have to get right. And they couldn't get it right tonight. It's so interesting to me, too, because after the game, Michael Malone went out of his way to make sure he said this was not an effort issue. This was a fatigue issue. And what I saw is I'm not saying that this was a complete lack of effort from the Nuggets, but they fell apart for stretches. There wasn't the same defensive intensity. There wasn't the same aptitude of looking for the correct shot on offense. It was just a very convoluted and chaotic game for them. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to call necessarily BS on what he said, but I will say, hey, there's there's a little bit more to it than just just execution. I I think the effort was overall like a a B minus or a C plus. Yeah, that's about where I would put it. it. It just doesn't seem right. Like, to me, like Nikola Jokic looked off throughout the first three quarters. Uh, Mason Plumlee was off the entire game. Yeah, he had one of his uh, absolute worst games of his career. When you when you go, I mean, what was it? One of six, one of seven. No, no, he the- was zero of six from the field today. He was one of six from the free throw line. Wow. He only had one point six rebounds and one assist. He, he was a minus ten. He had thirteen opportunities to put the ball through the basket, and he came away with one point. That's uh. That's not a great look. No, that's definitely not a good look. And it's interesting because Nikola Jokic, you're right. He looked out of sorts. There's no arguing that. He was not the same player. And yet he still managed to put up 19 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists, a steal, and 3 blocks, and was a plus 14 tonight. I I was tracking the plus minus throughout. I think one of the reasons was because, I mean, Mason Plumlee kind of had a bad stretch without Nikola Jokic. And and that kind of ruins things a little bit for him. But with Jokic, I mean, he just brings a positive effect to the game. And the ball's usually in the right place when he's... uh, when he's in the game. So it's it was really disconcerting to see him go 5 of 14 because a lot of the shots that he was missing just weren't hard shots. They were they were easy in rhythm looks like they, I think he had one out of rhythm look throughout yeah. the entire game. It was it was a it was a walk up pull up 3. And to me it was it was just a weird game. Joel Embiid's out. This is a game that Jokic should dominate and he I mean he kind of did. Yeah, I mean, he still put up his numbers, but it didn't actually feed into a victory. It didn't lead to them being a better team. His plus minus was good. Like, they were a better team with him on the floor. He still had many moments, especially on defense, where he just wasn't the same guy. What do you think of Jamal Murray's game tonight? Jamal Murray's game was interesting. I thought that he single-handedly carried this team to a point where they could potentially win this. I don't think that they're even remotely close to this game without him. And don't get me wrong, his 31 points were incredible. He wasn't taking the best shots. He was only one of six from three tonight. He got to the foul line nine times. That's the stat that's most impressive for me. And don't get me wrong, when you look and you see he has eight rebounds, that's a ridiculous number. But for him to get to the foul line nine times is something that he hasn't shown in his game, where he can have that relentless attack on the rim when his three-point shot isn't falling and he can get to the he can get to the to the foul line and actually contribute to his team so that was surprising to me i i would definitely agree with that i think there's a lot to like about the nuggets stat lines across the board like you you look kind of across the board jamal murray at 31 points gary harris at 17 points and five steals 
Like, that's absurd. Yeah, he had four in the first half. It was nuts. Like, he, he was picking pockets clean. He uh, he had that nice transition dunk uh, with Ben Simmons on his back. That was pretty cool. Man, um, that was a vicious slam. Uh, that was that was where I thought the game was. I think that was in the third quarter. I think that was where I thought the game was going to turn. Though they were up by, like, I think it was 11 at that point, and it made it, I think it made it 11, not 13, because 13 ended up being, I think, their highest point total they led by, or maybe it was 14. No, I think I th- it was it was one of the two. Uh, it was 14. I think the the main takeaway from this is that the Nuggets really had an opportunity to put the game away, and they just let the Philadelphia 76ers come back into it. They they stayed close throughout, and the Philadelphia 76ers found their break. Jared Bayless got hot. Uh, T.J. McConnell got hot for a stretch, and uh, they just they just stuck around, and they eventually put the Nuggets down. I think the only reason the Nuggets were in this game was because they were so good from the foul line, at least getting there. Obviously, Mason Plumlee had a very rough night from there, but the, so the Philadelphia 76ers were 9 of 10 from the free throw line. The Nuggets were 25 of 34. If you don't get the ability to have that many free throws, this could be a 15, 20-point loss for yeah. the Denver Nuggets. I mean, they that was the only way that they were able to operate late in the game and I thought that was a pivotal part of why they were even in this game. And you have to get, give uh Gary Harris credit. He he kept the pressure on, but Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, they they kept the pressure on for most of the time. I I'm still super impressed with what Trey Lyles has done. Man, I am too. Uh he he has really changed the narrative on draft night for me. Uh that was just one of the things that you you really look back on, you say hey, the Nuggets had an opportunity back then, but Trey Lyles Day and night, uh, day after day after day has just really been impressive. I agree. And he, I, I got into a lot of crap on Twitter for this, but yes, you did. I thoroughly believe that Donovan Mitchell, as fantastic as he is, and he has a higher ceiling, he is probably a better player. I mean, he is a better player, but for this Nuggets team, Trey Lyles is more important than Donovan Mitchell would be. You have guard play. That wasn't the issue tonight. You got 17 points, five steals, and two assists from Gary Harris. You get 31, 8, 3, 1, and 2 from Jamal Murray. Will Barton has 14, 7, 5, 2, and 1. The guard play wasn't the issue tonight. I would definitely agree with that. At some point, the Nuggets are going to have to figure out if this Twin Tower experiment is the long-term thing that they're going to go with. Uh, Trey Lyles has, night in, night out, been the offensive presence that they've needed off the bench. I I still worry a little bit about his defensive game against starters. However, you really have to give him the opportunity at some point to showcase whether he can handle that or not. So let's get into that a little bit deeper, because you are an advocate of starting Trey Lyles at this juncture in the season, aren't you? Yeah, I've I've been I I think that Mason Plumlee's natural position is as kind of the third big in a rotation, and I think as like with, a backup center is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, like you you keep him as the backup center. I think that Nikola Jokic's most natural position is as a center, and at this point he's been okay displaced as a power forward. But uh, it's and it's given him it's given him some matchup advantages that the Nuggets have been able to exploit. However, with Nikola Jokic, you still want to spread the floor. And with Mason Plumlee on the floor in collection with Jokic, that's just not something that you've been able to do. They've they found a way to kind of work around that with Plumlee facilitating at times yeah. and and Plumlee playing in the short corner and or sometimes the t- the opposition will just not guard Plumlee, but then he'll immediately swing the ball when he catches it unguarded, and that's a that's a really good thing to keep the defensive out of position. Unfortunately, he just doesn't have that added dynamic of being able to shoot. 
And that's just something that you need. Like, and Trey Lyles, as clearly clear as day, has been able to bring that in spades for the Nuggets so far. I think the reason that I'm okay with this, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to see if I can try and convince you here, because Mason Plumlee defensively, outside of this game, obviously, because he was not the same player in this game, but in recent time, he has been the Paul Millsap-esque defender as another big around Nikola Jokic. I will agree with You're that. You're playing with two skilled bigs when you have Mason Plumlee and Nikola Jokic on the floor together, which should hopefully make the transition back to Paul Millsap a much more seamless endeavor for them so I do think that you're going to get a very similar stylistic look starting Mason Plumlee with him I think you get the rest of the roster around him in a rotation that would stick even when you got back to having Paul Millsap and I think it'll just make that transition significantly easier than it would have been if you were playing small I definitely don't disagree with that and that's something that I've advocated for in the past I don't think it's necessarily a bad choice to start Mason Plumlee and Nikola Jokic together I just think that there is a potentially better option out there for the Nuggets' long-term success. Yeah, uh, with, I'd agree with, with that. The, uh, you, you know that Plumlee is going to operate as kind of a facsimile of the Jokic-Millsap pairing uh, because of his ability to pass, because of what he brings on the defensive end. Unfortunately, you don't necessarily have that with Trey, but Trey is still 22. He just turned 22 in November. Just turned 22. Like, yeah. like he's, he's a young 22. I would definitely say that he has a lot more to give on the defensive end and that they should be trying to coax that out of him. The way to coax it out of him is to put him in tougher positions yeah. and not necessarily say, hey, you are the scorer on the bench. I actually talked to Trey Lyles about that, and I was like, you know, there's always been that nervousness that you struggle rebounding, you struggle defensively. He was like, I dropped 12 pounds and I got stronger. I added muscle and lost weight. I'm more explosive. I'm stronger in the post. I don't get bullied anymore. And this is all paraphrasing, but that was the gist of what he was saying. I need and to go I on the Trey Lyles diet. Yeah, seriously, Trey <laughs> Lyles, he came back to camp like I have never seen somebody just like snap, boom. I'm not only significantly stronger, but I've lost a significant amount of weight. I can jump higher and I can move better laterally. It was, he really did put that effort in on in his office season to come back in the best shape of his life and I think you see it working because he had stretches where he has played as a small ball five and hasn't been bullied you see him get eight rebounds tonight seven of them defensive in all in 31 minutes which is a very good mark for him I am really enthusiastic about what I have seen from Trey Lyles and I think his defense while not great and I'm not going to sit here and say he's a stopper it has been better than advertised and I think that he has held his own in a very I've, it's it's something where you can't really get on him for how for him struggling defensively. He has been passable as a big defending, which was not what he was for a very very long time. So I do think there is a potential for him to be a much better defender. Let me ask you a question. Uh, the Nuggets basically went with a seven man rotation yeah. tonight. Tory Craig played five minutes, five and a half minutes. Uh, Darrell Arthur, DNP coach's decision. Malik Beasley, DNP. Kenneth Farid, DNP. Richard Jefferson, Emmanuel Mudiay, DNP. Yeah. Uh, all of those guys are healthy. Uh, we'll just we'll just not keep that out that. there. Uh, is is there a concern that this team could tire out? Yeah. That, that, that shouldn't even be a question. That's absolutely what we saw tonight, I thought. Malone straight up said, this is not an effort thing, this was a, a fatigue thing. And when you play a seven-man rotation, that's a very Thibodeau way of doing things. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that you, you kind of want to ask him, but you don't necessarily like want to have his answer to uh, during during a post-game scrum like that. But uh, with a seven-man rotation, I... Th- to me, like this, this is something that he's going to have to come to terms with. He's going to have to find an eighth or a ninth guy 
uh, to really give him consistent minutes because, like, like right now you see Jamal Murray played 40 minutes, Gary Harris 39, uh, Nikola Jokic played 36. Like, those guys are going to break down at some point if you don't, like, give them maintenance. Well, we saw that. Will I mean, Will Barton like, was short on every one of his threes tonight. On top right. of that, Gary Harris, who is one of the most lethal, consistent shooters there is in the league, airballed a three hard today. And it wasn't that, even close. I don't think I've ever seen Gary Harris airball a three. I really don't. Maybe, maybe, maybe not his rookie, rookie year. year yeah, yeah. That's the only time I think I, I have no memory of him ever doing that. So when I see those kinds of situations and I see Will Barton struggling defensively to move back and forth and he has some injuries he's dealing with, but at the same time, like he's okay enough to play. It just wasn't working. There's something going on with that. And I think that seven man rotation, that eight man rotation really hurts him. But let me be an advocate for Malone here because let's say you want to play Tory Craig more. Who would you have taken minutes from tonight? Uh, Mason Plumley. I mean, Tory Craig does not play in that same role. You have to understand no, for that sure. too. Like you have to, you have to. So they could have gone a little bit more small. That's I, one of the things with with a, especially against a, a team like Philly. Like that's that's one of the decisions you have to make pretty quickly. Is with Dario Saric. He's he's a four, but he's not a big four. He's he's pretty stocky though. Like he's a dude who will take you into the post if he has a mismatch. For sure, but it, does he have a mismatch against a guy like Wilson Chandler? Uh, enough of one, and this is the thing. Wilson Chandler was stuck on uh, was stuck on Ben Simmons all night, so you didn't get to have him on Dario Saric. So Ben Simmons only has six points, six rebounds, and six assists tonight, and was three of nine from the field and had five, five turnovers. Five turnovers yeah. Wilson Chandler was very functional defensively tonight. Yes, he only had two points, five rebounds, and two blocks, but at the same time, he put all of his energy into keeping Ben Simmons in check, and it worked. So you weren't going to take minutes from Wilson Chandler. He was too good defensively on what is you know arguably their best player for sure. And thirty five, he. He played 33 minutes. Exactly. That's fine. I, I, I get that. And especially when you're when you're trying to match up with a guy like Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons played 32. Wilson Chandler played 33. They were basically cool. matched up together basically all matched night. matched up. Uh, you can't play Jamal Murray and Gary Harris 40 minutes. I disagree. You needed their scoring tonight. They were the, they were two of the guys who were able to keep this Nuggets team afloat. I don't know. I, th- I, I think that the lack of a point guard is hurting them. There is that as well. And I don't... Mm, this is a very tricky subject because they've been getting a lot of facilitating from other individuals. Gary Harris is averaging like almost five assists in December. Like his playmaking has taken off. Wilson Chandler is having his best playmaking year of the year. And then Mason Plumlee usually does not have one assist on the night. Uh, Will Barton was still good again as, as, a, as a facilitator, but they didn't get the same amount of assists from the complimentary players that you usually get it from. So I yes, they do have struggles in the point guard position, but this is a team that is playing through Nikola Jokic. This is a team that as a point guard, you're looking for a guy like Jamal Murray who can play off ball or use the ball in his hands, which he did very well tonight, in my opinion. A lot of shots just didn't fall, evident by 21.9% from the three-point line when they went 7 of 32. How many more assists tonight would they have had if their open shots fell? Probably about five or six. That's what I'm saying, and I think that's the big difference for me. So yes, they do struggle without a point guard sometimes, but I do think they get enough playmaking to be able to get over that hump anyway. Correct. I just think they need another body and the guard play specifically like Will Barton playing 31 minutes off of the bench. That's a big deal because bench guys don't usually play. Will Barton does. Will Barton does, but he's been doing that for three years in a row now. And that's starting to wear on a guy. That can be a little bit difficult. Trey Lyle's playing 30 minutes off of the bench. He's still fresh. He's probably he looked fine. fine. He didn't he, look he looked tired good. after the night. Uh, he did miss a, a corner three, which, which I, I know everybody thought was going in uh, late in the game. Unfortunately, it just doesn't drop. Jamal Murray, though, 40 minutes. He's in great shape. He'll be fine. Gary Harris, 
I think that Gary Harris, his efficiency from the outside has struggled in December because he's taking on more of a ball handling. Yes, I completely agree because he's not just moving off the ball and running through screens anymore. He's not using that off-ball action to be able to get himself open looks off the ball, which is what he's so good at. He's learning how to find himself with the ball in his hands now. Which to me says you just need another guy. Like I, I don't, I don't think that's an issue, but they need to find the right guy, and I don't know if the right guy is on the roster right now. I don't. I agree with you. I think they need a much better point guard right now. But Jamal Murray's been playing fantastic. It's I don't hard think. To argue I don't think this. they need another starter. Believe me, I just think they need a guy who they know that they can go to for fifteen to twenty minutes off of the bench and say, "Okay, Gary Harris, you're playing thirty six minutes instead of thirty nine minutes for the rest of the year," and Jamal Murray, you're playing thirty two minutes instead of the forty minutes that you're playing tonight. Because we have those other eight minutes are with a good player. So would that hurt the rhythm that these guys have finally developed? No, I don't. I don't think so. I think that you're, you're looking, you're looking at a at a team that they they're just playing seven guys and they're rotating in them them in and out. If they played eight guys specifically, uh, and they just gave the eighth guy like twenty to twenty five minutes, I I don't think that really hurts. I think that you've just got another dimension added. I agree with that, and I think that he needs to find a way to incorporate more players, or not even more players, just more to spread his minutes out in a less sporadic way. I think that could help a lot, but there were so many things wrong with tonight that just didn't work in the Nuggets' favor where you shoot 22% from three. When's the last time they did that? It has been forever. And the 76ers just passed the life out of them. They had 34 assists on 45 made baskets tonight. Like They were running through so many rotations defensively. Fatigue absolutely played a factor because of that. And again, seven-man rotation, man. Yep, seven and a half. That's, that's, that's the issue. The other issue is that the Denver Nuggets social media account decided to take a shot at Little B the Base God. I knew he was going to go into and It this. has to be said. Uh, I Ryan, know. Ryan, it needs to be said. I know. But like, do, do you believe in curses? Yes. I, I don't necessarily, like, I think that the Little B cursed is real. I think that the Nuggets went after him after they thought that they were going to get a win and Joel Embiid was out and they disrespected the base god and they played with fire and got burned. That's exactly what happened. And even funnier too, Adam Mara has just texted me saying, I have Serbians in my mentions emphatically asserting that Serbian witchcraft can come over Lil B's curse. Wow. This is the, this is where we are at. This is the chaos I, that we are dealing I, with. I do not even know how to respond to that, to be frank. <laughs> it's so incredible. I love it. But this is the thing. Little, like, so many things were strange tonight. You gotta give some validity to Little B, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Like he, he. This was, this was. We we're, were talking before. This has to be the strangest game of the season for the Nuggets. Yeah, flat out. There, there's nothing that has been this like strange is the right word because I can't find anything else to use at this point. Like everything that is normal about this Nuggets team was not normal tonight. The well, fact how, that they had 18 assists on 35 shots and then shot only 22 percent from three. That's not the Nuggets. How many loose balls do you think the Nuggets missed <laughs> I would. I need to go back and watch this game and chart that. That would be a really interesting thing because they lost a lot of them. Probably like six or seven, maybe. Uh, that is my reasoning of agreeing with you when you say a C plus B minus for effort. And that's not to take away that they, were, like, they weren't trying. It just, they looked so fatigued that those 50-50 balls weren't going their way just because they couldn't get on the ground quick enough. Yeah. I don't know, man. This this was a game that they they didn't have to have, but it would have been really like this was a, this was a ninety nine percent game. And yeah, man, it really, really was. Like good teams, good teams win this game, and. 
good social medias, they don't they don't piss blow off this game. little be the base god. All right, just yeah. don't do it. Like yeah. it's and this is the thing now. Me and Matt Moore and everybody else, we were all talking about this together. That now if the Nuggets just like happen to win ten straight games, it's going to be because little be the base god decided to say that he that they get blessings from him now after taking this in a very strong manner. I don't know. I'll take it, man. I don't. As long, I, don't as long as they win, I don't care how I'm it good. comes. I I think that it 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 just creates great content. It's it's really interesting. Uh, I don't know if you can let Littleby take credit for that, but <laughs> we'll we'll just see. I I do think that the Nuggets are in a good place though. This is this to me seems like an anomaly rather than the norm. Uh, this is the first time they've lost two in a row in a while. A long while. It's a good. I would I would love to go back and see how long it's been. I haven't had a chance to do that. But the one other side of this is that let's take about let's take everything in its full macro sense. Will Barton has missed games. Gary Harris has missed games. Wilson Chandler has missed games. Mason Plumley has been hurt and has dislocated his pinky twice in one game. That Paul was Millsap gross. has been out for he's going to be out for three months. Nikola Jokic was lost for seven games, and the Nuggets are nineteen and seventeen and are in their best start since two thousand ten eleven. When you put it like that, man, it it feels like a, it's a really successful thing. I, with with what they did over the last week, like they they went into Portland and blew out Portland. They went into Golden State and blew out Golden State. They came home and took care of business against Utah. And then on the second night of back to back, in like the fourth game in six yep. days, yep. they took Minnesota to overtime. And Jimmy Butler was insane in that game. But you still have to give this team credit. They. They're they're okay. They get a mulligan on this one, in my opinion. Like it's it's not it's not great, but they earned enough credit that they can come back from this. Yeah, I was talking to Christopher Dempsey of Altitude Sports after the game. You were with me too with, with that one yeah. as well. Um, where basically we were just kind of talking about like, listen, this is a loss. Like it, it's very easy to blow this loss out of proportion and be like, this is a game they should have won. It's only the second game that Philly has has won without Joel Embiid this year. Like there were a lot of reasons the Nuggets should have won this game. They are nineteen and seventeen. They've been great at home. They have a ton of home games coming up in the month of January. They're still in the sixth seed in the Western Conference. Portland lost again tonight so guess to what? atlanta so they are right next to, so they didn't lose any ground like this is okay it seems chaotic it seems like a bad loss and it was a bad loss in a vacuum if you took just this game that's a bad loss but if you look down the line for the rest of this season this isn't going to be one of those losses that can come back to burn you later. Losses to Utah when you have 10 turnovers in the fourth quarter, that'll burn you. Stuff like that, you know, losses to Portland on a blown defensive assignment, that'll burn you. But at the same time, this is a loss that can be taken as a wake-up call. They got three days of rest, and then they play the Phoenix freaking Suns, who may have the historically worst defense of all time. Absolutely. I'm, I'm looking for them to come out, come out firing in that game. Uh, this definitely seems like this upcoming stretch is a way for the Nuggets to kind of kick off some good karma. Yeah. Uh, and with Lil B, he just blessed the Nuggets. <laughs> this is so crazy. Uh, Lil B at their backs, you know that they're going to get it. This is Serbian witchcraft, Little B curses in the Denver Nuggets 2017 year. What a crazy night this is. How was your 2017? chaos like i've been I, I haven't been sleeping so much i feel like an insomniac and i don't really remember what i did but just watch <laughs> basketball religiously like that's that's all i fully understand right now uh, i totally feel that man it's it's i if you guys don't know me i'm i'm a college kid i've been doing that grind for a while and i i do the nuggets on the side but uh that's been it's been a crazy ride and i know that uh it, it'll pay off. This is this is a team that I'm I'm really excited to cover this team. Oh yeah, because they're they've got so many great players to root for, mm -hmm. and uh, just just kind of reflecting on 2017. Like, you remember where this team was back last year? 
at this time? Could you imagine if you told everybody last year at this time when the sky was falling? The Nuggets had just started Nikola Jokic, basically, what would that be, two weeks ago? Yeah. So at this juncture, we still had Nurkic starting two weeks earlier, and the Nuggets season was over to them. It really it really was. like, And and that initial stretch, they didn't get off to a great stretch no, at that point. No, they didn't. Uh, things were looking a little bleak, and they pulled it out. There's still so much season left. This this game, like TJ said, it's not going to hurt the Nuggets. Uh, it, it may reflect a seed change in, in the later time. And even then, you can look back to losses in the division, not this one. Abs- no, absolutely. Like this is, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, <laughs> choking, choking, <over> choking <laughs> a little bit, choking up. Uh, in in the grand scheme of things, division losses to Oklahoma City and Minnesota at home those those are going to hurt you. This one. It's, it's not a big deal. I agree. And I, I still find it incredible that a bad Nikola Jokic game is being a plus 14 in a loss and putting up 19, 13, 6, 1, and 3. That is just astounding to me. Eventually, he's going to have to figure out how to just impose his will and take more than 15 shots. I was talking about that today on Twitter, actually. Yeah, when, when the Nuggets, uh, when, when Nikola Jokic shoots the ball 15 times, the Nuggets are 8 and 1. I didn't know that. That's a, that's a really good stat. Yeah. He shot it 14 times tonight. And they lose by five. Yep. Wow. I didn't know that stat. That's a really good one. There's one last thing I want to get to. Michael Malone did not fault his players' effort tonight. I thought that was growth in Michael Malone, but my problem with this is is that every fan that called for his head whenever he would get hot about the team and call his team out and was offended by it is now pissed off on Twitter about the fact that Michael Malone did not call his team out. What the hell are we even talking about here? This is obscene. You can't win. Uh, fans are fickle. Uh, know, knowing firsthand... like there, Fickle's there will a very be, nice way to put there it. There will be... Any excuse in the book to blame the coach, honestly, and and Michael Malone, it's he. There there are problems that I have with some of the decisions that he makes. This is not one of them. He he was very cool, calm, and collected during the post game huddle tonight. Yep, uh, I thought he was pretty insightful in a lot of the things that he said. Uh, unfortunately, things just happen. This, this is, is the this NBA. Is, this is the the last game of the year, and you you don't want to put the. The, the entire stock of the team on the last game of the year uh, against the Philadelphia 76ers. Like, yeah. it's not a big deal. Michael Malone deserves big credit for trying to, or not even trying, he has. He has matured as a coach and has learned the right way to do things, and when he has done things wrong, he has worked to fix them. The one thing that I, I've really enjoyed about him is his, he's really reflective. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's one of the things that he'll, he might get hot in the moment, and he wasn't even hot in the moment, at least at least to the media. Uh, he yeah, that was like a four on the call. It was, it was, like the it was pretty interesting. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, we all expected him to be chaos when, we, when he came it, out. It was it was not pretty, but uh, uh, that's that's one of the things that Michael Malone has certainly gotten better at. He's very reflective. He understands that he gets hot in the moment, and he has learned to keep his composure in in certain instances like that tonight. Uh, I am fully on board with the Michael Malone experience. I am too. And he's been great. And we, we talk about Trey Lyles improving so much and Gary Harris improving so much. You want to know who the dude who instilled confidence into both of those individuals were? Absolutely. And you, you talk about you talk about what he's done with Jamal Murray too. Mm-hmm. Like he hasn't wavered with his faith in the 20-year-old point guard. And this is the thing. He I've said this on this podcast like pretty much every episode, but the one thing he always says that he took from his dad as a coach was that the best thing you can give to a player is confidence. He consistently 
constantly says that. It's one of his favorite coin terms. So he had the balls to be like, you know what? We have a 22-year-old out-of-shape Serbian center. Let's run our offense through him. You know, we have a 20-year-old point guard. Let's start him and let him jack up threes from 28 feet and make them. Like, it's incredible. Trey Lyles was nothing in Utah. They would not give him any kind of leash to get into a rhythm. They would not give him any kind of depth chart that allowed him to see time because he was always behind veterans. He comes to Denver, and Malone's like, you know what? Stay ready. We're going to find time for you. And he did. And he's and now Trey Lyles is out here like fifth in the league in three-point percentage. He's become untouchable for this Nuggets core. I don't Trey know. Lyles? How, yeah, wow, I, untouchable, huh? I, I don't know how I'd be you trading can... Trey Lyles if I if I find out a good deal. I'm not <laughs> oh, gonna well, lie. to be to be fair, like I mean, you you come across a deal like Paul George and you got to take it or something <laughs> yes. like that. But like for for a a minor upgrade, are you moving Trey you Lyles? You wouldn't tr- move Trey Lyles to make room for Tory Craig. I think is what you're trying to say. Yeah, like, you wouldn't make an or, unnecessary or, hey, move like that. You give me okay. Would you move Wilson Chandler and Trey Lyles for Tobias Harris? Yeah, I think I would. Tobias yeah. has been incredible this year, dude. But then, like he's a two-way player off. who can shoot really well from deep and is a guy who can get into the lane and draw fouls. Like He is what I wanted Daniel Gallinari to be for so long. I love Tobias Harris. That's interesting. I I am still a fan of what Trey Lyles provides. I think that I love his, Trey Lyles. You know that. His, uh, his ability to work well with Jokic, uh, understand what Jokic wants to do, and then be a solid creator off of the dribble. I think that's that's a, the next step in his evolution that we just haven't seen yet. And it just like Gary Harris, you don't necessarily want to count out Trey Lyles yet. I definitely think that he has a lot to, off, to add to his game as a 22-year-old. There could absolutely be a future for him with this Denver Nuggets team. You look like, well, let's just like, let's go way hypothetical here. So we have, what, three more years of Paul Millsap and the third year is a team option. So if Trey Lyles comes out the gate killing it and you can get him signed for a cheap extension... Like which you absolutely could do off his rookie deal. For sure. You could get him for a bargain, to say the least. And he'll want to take it because this is the first team to give him like the actual due that he has feel like he deserves. You could completely des- decide that you're going to not pick up that option on Paul Millsap, create all that extra space, and you could, if he does continue to improve, start Trey Lyles at the four alongside Nikola Jokic. And then go get Jimmy Butler. Sure. I don't care. Find something to do with that money. He can find a lot of fun things to do with that money. Absolutely. So there is a lot of ways that you could absolutely see Trey Lyles be a part of this future going forward. I think Torrey Craig is absolutely a part of this future going forward. The Nuggets have been very clear that they want to keep him in here, but you can't just cut Kenneth Fareed and pay $24 million out. No, that's that's impossible. Exactly. Like, for, for people that... that think that is financially savvy it is it is absolutely not and it's not (laughs) something that after cutting jameer nelson it's not something the nuggets are willing to do the cronkies are frugal individuals so paying 24 million dollars for somebody to go away is not their style let's just clear that up right now yeah i i i don't know if i'd go that far i think that they they've made a they've made a conscious effort to pay paul millsap 30 million a year yeah and they, and they, they do will, spend money when they feel like it's needed, but at the same time, they're not going to stomach $24 million to get free yeah, to go you, away. The financially savvy people don't spend $24 million for somebody to not play for them. Well, that's already happening. That's too late. And that's that's the interesting thing about this. Yes, Malone played a seven-and-a-half-man rotation essentially today, but Kenneth Fareed has been a overall negative for this team. Emmanuel Moutier has made every single player that he shares the floor with a negative player. It's... Not encouraging. He's dead last in an just pure RPM right now. I know. Out of every single player in basketball. And he's a third-year player who is supposed to improve. That's it, man. I, I, It's a very weird loss. The curse of Little B definitely overcame the Nuggets tonight, and I blame the Nuggets social media team for this, and I hope they're hearing this. 
Yeah, I mean, sorry guys, but like it's <laughs> it's, it's it's unfortunate. This was you you got to take the L for this one and bounce back. Yep. You got anything else from this game, man? No, I I, I don't know. I'm I'm really encouraged. What do you think uh Jamal Murray and Gary Harris are Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum discuss? Well, I'm not. A lot of people are buying into the, the Jamal Murray hype. I want to see more than one month of this kind of play before I get there. I've been one of the few people who is like very reserved in my takes about Jamal Murray. I want to really see a 20 year old point guard who's not really a point guard at this, at this stage in his career become a point guard first. Like I'm, yeah, I'm waiting I'd a second give on you this. That one. So that's the one thing for me. Gary Harris. I, I don't even know what to say. I'm out of great things to say about Gary Harris. What think, is the future of this kid? How good can he be? I think we're we're starting to answer that question. Uh, he is he's in his fourth year. Over under three and a half all star appearances for him. Uh oh gosh. Uh, that's tough, right? Hmm. It's the Western Conference. Too, I'm so probably going under because of that. Like, how can you how can you deny like Clay Thompson repeatedly? Over like, under one and a half all NBA teams, first, second, or third. Uh under see that's what sucks he's in the western conference he's in the eastern conference yeah. We're probably saying over on both of those right well not all nba because it would it would combine the two yes but like, yes uh but yeah all-star games i think i think he'll make at least one all-star game in his career and he probably will make multiple we'll yeah. just have to go with that one of my favorite quotes that a coach has ever said uh thibodeau said you can't put a value or a ceiling on a player that consistently gets better I think that's that's extremely valid and somebody that you can rely on to get better and somebody that you could rely on that you know they're working on their game, you know they're continually adding things and, and trying to do things the right way. That is Gary Harris in a nutshell. Oh, without a doubt. He told me last year when the season started when he was still hurt with his groin injury that, that was his goal was to become a better playmaker. One year later, he's putting up six assist games and he's averaging five assists in December. Absolutely. No, like, he, that's what he does. He, he gets better. He has improved extremely uh, do I do I know where his ceiling is? No, I do not. However, with with what he's doing, efficiency wise, combined with uh combined with the playmaking that he's provided, did you know that he was the leading um, among players that average ten drives per game? He's the most efficient. Yeah, I, driver I read of your the basketball. article, so I've kind of cheated on this, but I I saw that and I was stunned. And this the, is the thing too is that he, his drives to the rim are very high too. It's on the low volume. The most efficient, not. Not top five, the most efficient. You've, you've got guys like James Harden and, and Jimmy and Butler is right there. Kyrie that Irving list. and guys like that that do this for a living. And and all they do they, is get to the line. All they do the is rim. get to the, get to the rim, get to the line. I think that's the next step in his ev- evolution is to mm-hmm. improve his free throw percentage and to get to the line more. It's funny uh, you said that he told me that that's his next part of his game like two weeks ago. So well, you're actually dead on with that. Man, I've, I'm like. You're feeling psychotic. good about yourself yeah. over here. Psychotic. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just go with psychotic on yeah, that one. Yeah, I, I know that I usually affiliate more with insane than normal, so I'm completely <laughs> cool with that. But It's really late. I guess Lil B shuns the Nuggets for a game, but then blesses them after. There is now Serbian rich witchcraft working against Lil B. The Nuggets lose 107-102, and we're going to go in 2018 as weird as possible. What are your goals for 2018? To not die of sleep deprivation. Go get some sleep, bro. <laughs> no, I got writing to do tonight. I have to get some coffee the second that I get home. <laughs> this is what it is, man. Oh, um, my god. Do you have any, actually, you know what? Let, let, let's talk about it for a quick second. Do you have any resolutions before I let you go for the Nuggets for the 2018 year? Uh, for the Nuggets? Yeah. I would say get Paul Millsap back oh, healthy. Yes. <laughs> uh, that's that's an easy one. And I want to see Nikola Jokic average 23 points per game in a month. Oh, I like that. That's a really good one. I want to see them average under 12 turnovers for a month. That's 
asking a lot. A lot. It's a resolution. No one that, ever reaches that, that but that you is, work towards it. That's a reach and that's that's shooting hey, for the man, moon right there. The, the NBA average is like 14 and a half. Wow. That's and they're averaging can you, like can you 20 imagine? right now. Man, it's it's just crazy. That's but that that's the trials and tribulations of being a young team for sure, but like that's a good one. I, I will say they that, only had that's thirteen a good one. tonight. Well, it's like, it's a step in the right direction. I thought that they they handled the ball pretty well mm-hmm. tonight. I agree. I, but that was just. I, I mean, think it's, of it this way: they had nine blocks, ten steals, only thirteen turnovers. They created more possessions than they lost. They they still need to learn to play for four quarters. Oh, of that's, course. That's all. That's that's all we're gonna say on that. And this team's frank. still young: Nikola Jokic, twenty-two; Jamal Murray, twenty; Gary Harris, twenty-two; Trey Lyles, twenty-two; Will Barton, twenty-five. Like this team is obscenely young. And you've got. Uh, Malik Beasley and Wancho Hernan Gomez, who are barely seeing time. Well, Wancho's a different story. His mono has not made it's, life easy for him. It's so sad. We, all, I, I knew it was going to happen. I've had mono before, and I'm not going to tell you how, but I've had mono before. <laughs> and it is one of those situations where, like, yes, you finish, you get through it, but your body takes another month to recover from it, let alone get to an NBA body shape. So oh, I did not gosh. expect him to come back ready to go with that one. This this is a red shirt year for Wancho, guys. Yeah, after his actual rookie year, which was last year, and he Just, was really, yeah. really good. Well, to be frank, like you, you may be able to get him on a cheap second deal because of that. Mm-hmm. But like, it's that's just, it sucks. That Man. sucks. You want to know who's going to command a max contract? Jamal Murray. And I'm not ready. I'm not looking forward to when that contract negotiation comes yeah. around. Five years, hundred and twenty million. Oh God, it's going to be a, such a long time when that happens. I'm not prepared for that. But I believe that is all we got, huh? Yeah, no, it's all, it's all I got. Yeah, I'm tired. I'm going to go home. But this is the Denver Nuggets <laughs> Daily Podcast. Thank you so much, Ryan. Definitely go check out Ryan Blackburn's stuff on Denver Stiffs. Tell him where to find you on Twitter, too. Uh, I am at NBA Blackburn. I changed my oh! my Twitter handle from oh! at Ryan Blackburn 9. I didn't want to be the ninth Ryan Blackburn anymore. So follow me at, Good call. at NBA Blackburn. It's, it's That's a solid handle, I think. It could be worse. I'll tell you that much. Oh, well, that's not a great See? endorsement. There you go. All the positivity. <laughs> little, B, little B is probably going to curse your handle now, too, because all the crap we keep talking about him tonight. But... Oh, great. <laughs> I literally put it in my post game. By the way, go to Mile High Sports, read my post game from tonight. There is the little bee, the, the little bee, the base god. Tweet in there about everything that happens. You can get the whole rundown on the chaos, but that is all from us. Have a good rest of your day. Passion in the placement, just to